0: Hello everyone, this is Chet from Chet Chat, this is the monthly movie podcast, and I guess in a sense, Happy New Year, we're t- going to talk about January 2024, we saw a few movies here, It's uh, I'm seeing six movies, so not that many, I actually did miss a couple movies, like uh, what was it called, The Origins, and I feel like there was something else, that was a very limited release, but I did not get to watch it, uh, I believe it's like the place where we left or something like that. But, yeah, you know, we try to watch as much as we could. And I feel like, you know, seven for four weeks of a month, that, that's, that's not too shabby. All right. So um, we saw Night Swim, The Book of Clarence, Beekeeper, ISS, Founder's Day, and Miller's Girl. Overall, it's actually not a bad month, in my opinion. Oh, I also saw a Zone of Interest. I forgot about that. I didn't put that down here. Zone of Interest. Yeah, so w- with Zone of Interest, I feel like th- this was actually not a bad month. Um, usually January is trash. Usually they just open up the garbage dump and just dump it all over January for movies. But uh, surprisingly, this month, not too bad. Um, this is going to like have a bunch of spoilers and stuff, so I'm just going to give like a general rundown of each movie for now so you could decide whether or not you want to listen to the rest of this and at least get an idea of what you're going into so for night swim it's a pretty bad horror movie that's like the usual that we expect for january horror and terrible usually go hand in hand uh for some reason horror movies tend to miss a lot i feel like it's very rare that a horror movie does well and this is uh not the exception unfortunately Uh, I like the idea of how the trailer looked. It looked almost like a, what was it? um, Eldridge kind of being, like cosmic horror kind of thing, but it's not even nearly that deep. So I wouldn't recommend Night Swim. Book of Clarence, I recommend for sure. It's very odd. Um, It's like a retelling of the story of Jesus in a sense and like how that uh, whole thing went down. We'll get into it a little bit more, but I don't want to say too much. But I definitely recommend it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's strange because it feels like there's supposed to be a punchline, but there isn't really a punchline, it's very matter of fact. But uh yeah, I'll definitely recommend that. Beekeeper, I definitely recommend. God, it was so much fun watching this movie. It reminded me a lot of like uh John Wick, you know, like somebody who has like a vendetta or something. And uh, But, you know, with that uh, Jason Statham twist where he always plays a character who's very particular about specific things with specific rules. So it's like if John Wick was Jason Statham instead. And, yeah, it was very fun. Um, very well choreographed. Good action. So I recommend that. ISS? Mm. It's not bad. It's fine. I mean, like, if you have nothing else to do and you just really want to go to the movies, or you just want to sit down and watch something, or, you know, have something on in the background, I'll say I, this is a good watch. <laughs> That's not really a glowing uh, review. But, like, I'm also kind of, like, biased, because I like that kind of space stuff. And, um, I'll get a little more into why I kind of like it, obviously. But uh, I, would, I would recommend it. It's not too bad. Not too bad. Founder's Day is god-awful. Probably the worst movie of the month, I feel like um i also felt kind of tricked because i did not watch the trailer for founders day and you know when you see the poster for founders day and you hear the word founders day i guess it's like my fault for assuming the way how they marketed it it felt like it was tied into the uh, purge universe because you know purge is like all about american values and the, the the right to you know have this thing called the purge where you can do whatever you want for this uh like what 12-hour window and the way how the founders day looked it looked like you know it was setting up how the that whole thing came to be like even though we did get the first purge movie but there's still you know still some building blocks that you could do but you know it's not is the way how they marketed it felt a little scummy i guess because just from the poster and the title they didn't have to call it founder's day but uh yeah it was terrible Not even if I, like, if I didn't know about The Purge, it's still just a bad movie in general. Uh, Miller's Girl. Man. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. It's very icky. (laughs) Like, I haven't seen a movie like this in a long time. Um, I'm sure there are, like, some things out. Like, like, um, what was it? I think it's called Hard Candy. And uh, there was a movie a long time ago. I forget what it was called. Where, um, it was like a, I think it was like, what's her name? Felicia Silverstone? I, I, I think it's Felicia Silverstone. And, um, the, he, she was like crushing on, I think it was just called Crush, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's another one of those kind of movies where it's like, you know, it's an inappropriate relationship and some stuff goes down. Uh, it's, it's fine, but like, it, it's a, it's a, it's a controversial subject. Some people might not want to watch that. I guess it's like a trigger warning in a sense. You may not want to hear about that or see it. Um, but it's it's odd. I, I liked it, but um it's it's strange. Um zone of interest, that was that was also very weird. Uh zone of interest is for a specific movie viewer, I would say. If you're just going to the movies to like, you know, have fun, enjoy, um, even like if if you're looking for something more than that, I feel like this is still uh, an acquired taste kind of movie, where it's it, it does not spoon feed you things. But if you're not willing to be very alert <laughs> for the whole movie, th- you might not like this uh, for a zone of interest. Mm, I I would recommend it though, you know. See if you try it and like it, you know. So, yeah, those are the seven. Uh, Take it or leave it. And I'm going to get into the nitty gritty of it now. Um, And just a quick thing. uh, If I sound a little strange or like like congested a little bit, I'm still kind of getting over a little cold. Drinking a lot of water, but I think I'm okay enough to do this podcast a little bit. So Night Swim, Night Swim, oh man. So the story about Night Swim is like this uh, baseball player, he he got like a, a disease that required him to pretty much quit being, base, like being a major league baseball player and uh, he's like settling down with his family and they come across this house, there's a pool and apparently the pool is like a wishing well but at the same time it's a monkey's paw and it 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 kinda like you don't have to say what you want, it just like susses out what you want and it takes one of your family members to grant your wish. So the dad of the family, the baseball player, he has to like he wants to play baseball again, obviously, because he, he that's all he's like focused on. But he has a, a daughter and a son. The daughter is like a really good swimmer, The night swim, but um the son is like <laughs> You feel kinda of bad for him, it's like he's like no, not good at anything. So the pool decides like, hey, I'm just gonna kill this the kid, the son, and you could, you know, play baseball. And like every, every time the guy swims in the pool, like he's like he's starting to feel better. But uh, you know, weird stuff happens in the house and it's just boring overall. <laughs> That's the thing. Is it's a boring movie and it's also not scary. That's the unfortunate part. Uh I, I believe it's a Blumhouse house production. So, you know, they're just cranking out cheap movies that will get money just because um a lot of people go watch it. But, uh, you know, it's relatively cheap to make, so they're still going to make money regardless. And, uh, I'm pretty sure they probably did make the money. I don't want to look it up, but, you know, it's unfortunate. I felt like the marketing was really good, too. To actually pull people in to actually watch the movie. Because, you know, there's a, there's just like an innate fear of like water and deep water. I have that fear. <laughs> um, like, that's why I'll like never go on a cruise. Just being out in the ocean is like a nightmare to me. But, uh, so like you go to watch those movies just to, you know, see what's going to happen with the the actual fair, And they don't really go too much into it, they don't make it interesting, because it's a pool, so it's, it's a standing body of water, like, to avoid the issues of it, you just don't have to go in the pool, yeah, there's a part where like, you know, the pool kind of just draws people into it, but I mean like have some sense, <laughs> pools don't act like this normally <laughs> so uh, you gotta suspend some disbelief to feed into this fair of that they're trying to make you fair in a sense i don't know if i would do anything differently it's just uh, i guess like my original thought was like you know the cosmic horror aspect where it's like there's like there's this one frame in the trailer that shows the girl going to the pool the daughter and um she she can't even see the floor of the pool anymore. It's just like this empty void. So it's, I felt like there's like some kind of greater being that like has something to do and like kind of mess with the family. Kind of like a, I think it's like a color out of space, where it's just like this being—it's not even like a being. It's like a thing that just kind of like messes with the environment in a sense, like like annihilation. I keep dropping all these movie references, but like there's a lot of like you know uh, examples of what I'm thinking of that I felt like this movie could also benefit from doing. Because in a sense, like, the pool is just something to defeat. And they actually, you know, well, they kind of defeat it. It's not the best way of defeating something, but. uh, And then they see, like, another family that had the same issue. It's like, you know, th- there's always, like, a previous witness to the horror. And somehow they got to try and get over it. I felt like, um, yeah, again, like other movies just do it better. Uh, I think there's a, there was a Korean movie called The Wailing, which has come something similar where like you see a family undergo some kind of horrific kind of thing. And then you see the symptoms of that happening to the main character's family and just trying to find out how they're supposed to overcome what inevitably happens like, it seems like it's an inevitable thing, but it you know, try and have a way to cure it. I definitely recommend The Wailing. That movie is just a bad time, but it's, like, amazing. <laughs> it is so tragic. Uh, and it's very long, if you don't like long movies. But anyway, yeah, uh, that's how I feel about Night Swim, unfortunately. Uh, I felt like I guess I had, like, a little more higher expectations, even though I shouldn't have. But it... it you know, leaves you feeling nothing. Excuse me. Alright, The Book of Clarence. Uh, <laughs> The boy Lakeith Steinfeld is in this. Uh, I feel like most of the movies that I see him in are really good. Other than, uh, what is it, The Haunted Mansion? I don't know how he ended up in that, but money talks. Uh, the book of Clarence. is a strange movie because it's like, yeah, it, like I said before, it's, it's very straightforward. And um, there's like, it's funny, but there's like, it's not really supposed to be a comedy. I feel like I feel like there's more to be understood about the movie, where like I almost feel like I don't fully understand the purpose of the movie. But it's still a good movie. <laughs> it's just me. So pretty much this uh the main character Clarence, he's like uh, struggling in the, the olden times, the the Jesus times. Jesus is a full grown man in this movie. So like you know, he's been out and about it's like like a couple of months before he's um quote unquote uh crucified. <laughs> so um he Clarence he's just like, you know, trying to make make something of himself but like he's like you know selling drugs he's doing like shady stuff but he's just trying to be a better person and he actually has a twin brother that is actually one of the apostles with uh jesus's clique and uh yeah jesus is black all the apostles are black like all the important figures are black um and pretty much clarence is just trying to Figure out how he can become an apostle as well to become a well, like, you know, established, esteemed person. But the things that he has to do to try and impress the apostles ends up making him a greater person in general. And it's almost like he kind of becomes like a Jesus like figure himself, which is inevitably not, you know, the best thing to be. And there's like a surprise appearance from a really really popular actor i don't want to say who it is it's just interesting that they just do that but i guess it's kind of like to show like what happens when the aesthetic is more pleasing to believe into than what is actually really happening that's just my thought process of watching this movie um I definitely recommend watching it just so you could see what I'm talking about. (laughs) And and just like with the basic, you know, movie premises and uh, building blocks of a movie, it's just a nice movie to watch. Uh, Everybody's like acting their ass off and not leaving anything on the table. And it's just the diversity of the characters that show up. Yeah, it's mostly just like, you know, white and black people, but like, just like the range of actors that they bring in, it's not just all black, all right, all power, all stars, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they have many other good actors. Uh, what else can I say about this movie? Well, just the ending is strange. Um, they kind of just like, they, they say something bad is going to happen. And then like, you're just figure, trying to figure out how it's not going to happen to this character. And then it just happens anyway. And then something else happens and you're like, so what's the point of this movie? <laughs> What's the lesson? What what am I supposed to learn from this? Like, why make a movie like this? Um, Not just to spite Christianity and how funny it looks when you say it out loud. Um, Huh. I guess in a sense, it's like uh, you don't need to be like an actual magical figure to do something great. And uh, people will only record the fantastical to, you know, I guess push a narrative in a sense. All right. This is, this is is a little too much. (laughs) It's just a movie. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, even though I'm like thinking about it now, like I, this is, I didn't like, you know, feel deeply affected by the movie. Of course, like, you know, it always like reminds you to like be kind and stuff, but, and you know, just don't, just uh settle for uh mediocrity. But you know, that's like everyday life. You don't you don't need a movie to tell you that. Like you know what you wanna do. And you know what you gotta do. <laughs> and you know how to do it, it's just if you wanna do it, you know. You know, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> Goddamn water bottle. So, the next movie in line is Beekeeper. Um, hmm. I think Beekeeper is a MVP of January. Easily. Very solid action movie. A lot of fun. The characters are fun. Um, the action set pieces are great. The story is nice and simple enough. Uh... Like I said before, it, it reminded me of John Wick, where um, Jason Statham's character, the beekeeper, he was uh, wronged by because somebody uh, took advantage of somebody they cared of. And that person ended up unaliving themselves because they thought that they lost something. And the beekeeper ends up going down the line of people that could possibly be responsible for it. And I guess it also reminds me of, uh, the Equalizer, because the Beekeeper is like this like government, ex-government agent that you know could just be activated, and he knows exactly how to whip everybody's ass. Like he does not get touched for like the whole movie until like all the way in the end, and which I kind of liked because like you know it's, it's awesome. Like he's supposed to be the ba- ultimate badass. Um. <clears throat> So like you just following this character go crazy and let's like work up the chain of like you know starts on a low level and beats up thugs and finds out who's responsible for them and who's the supervisor for them and it goes all the way up, man. It goes all the way up. The only thing I didn't really enjoy too much of the movie is um the the character that uh unalive themselves they had a daughter. And that daughter is a like a FBI agent. So the movie's kinda more from her perspective in a sense. Because Jason Statham's character doesn't really say anything. Uh he just acts and he, he like just asks questions and he tells people, you know, to like don't don't take advantage of, you know, the weak and feeble people. Like he's like, you know, spouting off like you know wisdom. <laughs> But I guess, like, to actually have, like, a character that has dialogue and trying to break down the movie, they have this uh, FBI character. And I feel like they just tried to, like, give her a character so she that's all she is. And it's kind of... It doesn't come off interesting. It just comes off annoying. And then she also has, like, a partner who is just, like, nonchalant all the time. And, like, he doesn't want to do anything. It just... It's, like, this really poorly written buddy cop movie in the middle of this really really good action movie <clears throat> so like you would just see Jason Statham character do something badass and they had to like you know slog through this like you know two to three minutes of this, these characters like just breaking down the badassery that just happened and then we get back to some good action so I feel like the good outweighs the cons there and it works out for the movie overall and I was just looking into it um, the director for Beekeeper uh, I'm surprised that the uh, pedigree that they had they did do a lot of good movies like uh, uh, Fury well he was a producer for Fury and uh, he did some Birds of Prey stuff Mostly producing though. But he, he doesn't have too many director directorial debuts. So he did a really good job with this one for like a, I guess like a first time full on movie and they dropped him in January. He's like, all right, we'll we'll test your waters with this. Um, I can I can see like a beekeeper too come out. I hope I kinda hope for it. <laughs> um you know, or to get even at like, yeah, it's like, it's really interesting, man. They have like this whole world of beekeeper stuff. It's, it's very John Wick-like with like a little equalizer. So I, I would watch a beekeeper too if it came out. man. that's good. All right, ISS. So <laughs> ISS, I liked it. A little, like, it's not Amazing but you know it's it's just cool fun space stuff but there's like a a few odd choices in it that I didn't really like <laughs> but it's also um it's kind of like like what hollywood likes to do where they look at the current state of the world and um make movies that kind of reflect how it looks like um like back in the day when they had like Fruitvale station and I forget this movie with a uh, John Boyega where he's like in his hotel, you know, cause like the black rights, the black rights, black lives matter movement. Um, and, uh, you know, the police brutality situation that, you know, they, they kept making movies like about that, you know, the white people are evil movies. So right now it feels like they're making movies where the world is like at the brink of war, so ISS is a movie about you know Russia and the US having war, and it kind of reminds me that like uh, later this year we're getting a movie called Civil War, where America, United States itself, is having another civil war. It's kind of like playing off of what's going on right now. Um, I guess they're tasteful enough to not have a Ukrainian movie. Uh, we'll see if that. Holds true for now. But I think it's just because the ISS, they just only had uh, Americans and Russians in that area at one point. So, well, that's what the, the movie portrays, at least. They have like an American team, there's a Russian team. And, you know, they're working together and they're like scientists, they're having fun. They're like, we're elevated beings, man. We're scientists. We don't have no um, boundaries. We don't talk politics. They, make, they actually have a line in the movie where they're saying that we try to leave politics on earth because that doesn't matter up here. But then when earth and Russia start having some kind of a dispute on earth, and it's a big dispute because they can see it from space where it is like fire rings, like just on the planet's surface is like they're getting bombed to hell. And then, uh, their respective countries contact the each side, like the Russian uh, sp- the Russian astronauts get contacted by their leaders and the American astronauts get contacted by their leaders and they tell them that they have to take over the ISS which I'm like it's not really that serious I don't think is it, is it that important that they have to take it over like from what they said in the movies like the ISS is just like a like a lab in space pretty much. It's not like it controls any satellites, any other satellites in orbit. And I I wouldn't think like you would be able to run the ISS into anything because you would just blow up that station. Things are extremely fragile in space. So (laughs) obviously that's like a plot hole, I guess. I don't see any like real military advantage of taking over the space station. But i guess you know like they're just trying to because they're both up there they gotta make one or the other in a sense and it just starts like this like uh kind of the thing kind of like atmosphere where they don't trust anybody up in space even on like their own teams like people are like lying and stuff uh and like characters who you think are like obviously going to be a problem are, are not the problem. <laughs> and they do this one character mad dirty because they, they obviously they trick this dude into go in, going outside of the satellite to repair something and it's obviously not broken. And then they toss this dude into space only for him to actually come back later in the movie and like he survived a spacewalk. And then he dies anyway because somebody stabs him or something. I'm like, dude, don't you? If you want to do that, don't make it the same character. Like Jesus, <laughs> this dude is going through it. You're gonna make him survive a spacewalk and then get stabbed and just it's it's a bit much. There's so many other characters you could just separate the trauma, you know. And then, like, you know, they have a clear protagonist in the movie, so you're pretty sure you're not really worried about that character because they're the protagonist. Obviously, they're going to survive. I know it's not obvious, but, like, the way how people are, like, you know, getting picked off is, like, uh, you're not going to kill this character, right? Unless they pulled, like, a life movie. (laughs) The one with the parasite in space. I don't even know if it's a parasite. It's more like a... Like a, it's just a straight up alien. Well, that's another movie. <laughs> I actually did a review on that on this channel, but uh, uh, if you're interested, you could go watch that. Bias, <laughs> yeah, I'll recommend it. It's, it's a little neat movie, um, fantastical in a sense. All right, now next up is a uh, Founders Day. Founders Day. My God, I was so bored out of my mind watching this movie. I hated it. <laughs> It's like a... It felt very similar to the Thanksgiving movie that came out. Uh, where, like, this, like, little town is celebrating this specific holiday. And during that specific holiday, um, all hell breaks loose. But Founder's Day is... Garbage. <laughs> like, I, I barely even remember what happened in that movie because I was so uninterested. But it just it felt like it didn't make sense. Like, there was, like, some kind of, like, political kind of, not, not, like, real-life political. I mean, like, the reason why things were happening is because uh, these people wanted to be a mayor or something. And, oh, yeah, it's super convoluted. Oh, man, it's so awful, bro. And, again, like, I guess, like, because of the, how the marketing looked, they made it very Purge-like. But they didn't have to call it Founders Day. They could have just been, like, election day or something that, yeah, that might've been better. Cause I, I, even yeah, the founder's day was just like a arbitrary holiday that they had that they ended up just like canceling when that day happened in the movie. So it didn't even matter. It, they, they I feel like they, they, they were definitely tricking people into watching this movie. <laughs> but basically there's, uh, there's this, fa- there's like three families, um, one of them is currently the mayor of the town. The other one is running for mayor. And the other one, um, their child is dating one of the children of the uh, competing families. And s- somebody starts picking off the kids from like all three of the families, or like, well, they try to at least. And then you find out that it was the family's kids themselves doing the killing, and the ringleader was like this well-known teacher who was just trying to do the best thing for the town, and he, <laughs> and like he like you wouldn't expect it at all because it's just a dumb premise, and then he just is he gets away with it, and that's it. That's the movie. So, like, but they also make like the, the people who die look like assholes in a sense. Well, at least the, 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 the head of the households of the families. So they're kind of like, you know, salting the earth of that family (laughs) just to make sure none of them rise up again. I guess it it really didn't make, it really didn't need to do all that. They could have just. If if that was the guy's plan, why didn't he just kill the parents? Why he had to kill the children? I don't get it. It don't make any sense. And then like they had his character just writing stuff on the walls, and I really don't understand. Like you have to you have to really suspend your disbelief. it's just like the amount of stupidity from the killers and is no good, man yeah so that's like I think yeah Founder's Day is probably the worst movie this month don't watch delete not even for fun like for fun like it's not so bad as good kind of stuff you know alright on to Miller's Girl Miller's Girl If you like that, uh, General Ortega, you'll enjoy this. You'll enjoy this more than anybody else, probably. (laughs) I actually went into watching it because, um, I saw a quick poster of it, but it was only, uh, a poster of Martin Freeman. So that's why I wanted to watch it. I, I like him. He's a, he's a good actor. He does like so many different roles. Um, and, and when I actually sat down in a the theater and started watching it, it opens, I believe, with a uh, Jenna Ortega's character. I was like, what? Oh, snap. Jenna Ortega? Okay. I don't know where. Uh, like, I'm not like a super Jenna Ortega fan. Um, I think I've only seen, like, two movies with her in it. I didn't watch the TV series, like, Wednesday and stuff. Uh, I saw... It's not triple, not triple X um it's like that that trilogy that's coming out with uh I forget the name of the movies, <laughs> but but they're actually pretty good movies, but I think you guys know what I'm talking about. she's only in one of them, but uh yeah, that's neither here or there Miller's girl, um yeah, general Ortega is in it, Martin Freeman is in it, um, this movie made me feel weird <laughs> uh. Not only because of the subject matter, but, like, the way how they kind of, like, break down, um, not even masculinity, just, like, uh, your own, like, confidence in yourself and uh, how you deal with your own self-esteem based on what other people do and what you put out into the world. And all of this is from just uh, this girl who obsesses over a writer who is actually becoming a teacher now instead. So the like the main crux of it is this girl, Jenna Ortega's character, is um pretty much like kind of like flirting with uh, the teacher, uh, Martin Freeman's character, and uh, but like the things that come from that is just, like, this, like, exploration and how Martin Freeman's character, he just, like, coming to terms with, like, being mediocre in a sense. And uh, General Ortega's character is actually showing him that he's not... He doesn't have potential anymore. And, like, he kind of, like, let it wither away. But at the same time, like, his wife um she's like a very successful person so she's kind of like taking care of him and um she eventually like brings it up that like she's like yeah i married a writer but he doesn't write anymore So and <laughs> and it's just like i don't want to say like i feel bad for him it's just like like he's getting like beaten down <laughs> um but, I mean, like, at the same time, he's, like, just settling for mediocrity. And, in a sense, you could settle. Um, you don't have to... um oh, I'm sorry. I kind of <laughs> leaned a little too close there. You don't have to, you know, go crazy with your ambitions. But, like, if that's what he wanted to do, then he could have done that. But he clearly wants to write, so that's the problem. Like, she's like, why are you not writing? And you clearly want to do it. And then, like... um his previous works aren't getting read as much. And that's like kind of the main thing for Jenna Ortega's character. She actually reads his books. So he's obviously getting like, you know, this inflated ego, like, Oh, she reads my stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm like talking mostly from his point of view because Jenna Ortega's character is also going through some stuff where like, you know, she wants to get romantically involved with this teacher, but at the same time, she's like a brilliant kid. But and uh, she also has another friend who also wants to get romantically involved with another teacher, but she's more like um. She's kind of like like acting, I guess, in a sense. Like you know the you know because in high school you're not like really a real person. (laughs) You're 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 the high school person, and if you when when you leave high school, I feel like you kind of develop into a different person, like the person who you're going to be for the rest of your life, because like you leave that like that little dome that's kind of protecting you from the rest of the world and you end up turning into something else. So, like, she was acting like that. Like, she she's still, like, that high school person because there's a point in the movie where General Ortega's character kind of, like, puts her against the wall and, like, forces her to actually act on the things that she was saying that she was going to do and she kind of, like, you know, flakes and she feels bad about it. And she kind of, like, she's, like, exposing people to, like, the reality of who they are instead of what they're putting out on the front, like, as a shell, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, it's like, I'm saying all of this, you might get something else different from this movie, but that's how I felt. But at, at the end of the day, like, the movie is kind of like this kind of like little trashy kind of romantic, uh, like, skeevy, inappropriate relationship kind of thing and they do very it feels like exploitative like you know there's a there's a few scenes of it like i'm sure they're floating around on twitter right now like especially when this movie comes out for download oh my god the scenes that are gonna be put online jenna ortega is putting herself out there like crazy boy there's no nudity but it's just there's some stuff there's some stuff you know All right. Um, I would recommend it though. (laughs) Just don't watch it with somebody that you could get secondhand embarrassment with. Uh, maybe not your parents either, (laughs) but yeah. Uh, all right. And and the last movie zone of interest, uh, zone of interest. I had no idea what this movie was about. Again, I, I, like I said before, I don't like really watching trailers. Um, sometimes it's like inevitable. Like you see trailers. Um, so I mostly just saw the poster. This is like the poster that was on the Regal app. Again, shout out to Regal. I love me some Regal. <laughs> it's the easiest way for me to watch movies with that really good subscription plan. But, uh, yeah, so I went into this blind. I sit down and you're introduced to just this black screen with like ominous noise in the background and you're sitting there for like five minutes, just a black screen. I was like, what? What? You The movie's only an hour and 46 minutes. You don't have five minutes to just kill on a black screen, right? But like the ominous noise is like, like if you pay attention to it, you kind of like realize that like they want you to listen in this movie. So I feel like it's like, telling you without saying it's like for the rest of this movie you need to be listening to what's going on in this movie okay we're not just doing this for nothing hopefully (laughs) that's my interpretation of it because now get the plot it's you're following this German family who like the, the father of the family he is like a like a manager of Auschwitz, the, you know, the the camp. Uh, So it's a, it's a, not a nice subject matter. And this family, they literally live next door to Auschwitz. And if you don't know about Auschwitz, that's where some really bad stuff happened during World War II, where the Nazis, you know, experimented on and killed many Jewish people. People, uh, many, 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 many. Um, and you're so normally when you watch a movie about like Auschwitz or um, Nazis, they are antagonists, they're bad guys. Um, freaking X Men, like I forget which one it was, but it literally starts with that. And like, you know, they're trying to, you know, kill Nazis pretty much, which everybody's like, yeah, 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 do it. But Zone of Interest the protagonists are the Nazis and there are really no bad guys in the movie. It's just circumstances that happen to this family. So it's basically just like they're following this family who lives next door to Auschwitz, who works there, um, go through like regular human stuff. Like, um, the main character, he gets like a promotion. He has to like, figure out how to make work more efficient, quote unquote efficient. And like, you clearly, like you clearly see like some of the projects he's working on. I'll come back to that in a second. And then uh, there's a part in the movie where for his promotion, he has to move somewhere else, but the family wants to stay. So that's like a actual, like um, problem, like the conflict in the movie and how they have to figure out how to, you know, keep the family as a together unit without, you know, ruining their life. But at the end of the day, like they're doing horrible things (laughs) and they're making it feel so normal. So like the interesting part of the movie is that it's just like you see them doing this stuff. But at the same time, if you listen and pay attention to what's going on, you will hear like the horrors. Like anytime there's like any like dead space where you just see like, you know, somebody swimming in a pool or something, you will hear people screaming in the background. You'll hear people getting shot in the background. You'll, you'll see smoke because they're burning bodies in the background. Um, it's, it's like a theme. Like You'll see the cues of something happening during an important moment for the family, even though something horrible is happening. And I, one of those projects that the uh, father was working on was like this like way to burn things in a more efficient way where it's, like, this, like, rotating thing where it burns and cools at the same time so they could, like, load it up and burn more things, quote-unquote. And, like, like obviously, like, you, like, kind of know what they're doing, and, um, he's like, yeah, yeah, you're doing a good job. Yeah, we're, we're, he's like, I approve, I approve, and you just see them, it's so strange that you're seeing, like, this is their life, this is normal life for them. And I feel like it's almost like a allegory in a sense and how like every day could be is like it's normal but if it's not it's not if it's not like happening to you um your life is just going like it's a normal thing and it's like out of sight out of mind like they tastefully don't show like any anybody getting shot anybody getting burned anybody getting tortured n- nothing They don't show any, like, horrible things. You don't even see the inside of that camp. You don't see the other side of the wall of that camp Um, until, like, the very end where they, it's very interesting. Like, I kind of still don't really understand it where they, uh, towards the ending, the character, the main character, he's actually getting to go back home, and he starts, like, feeling physically ill. Um, I guess, like, the distress of doing evil shit like is actually really building up even like cuz the the whole movie is portraying him as a normal person so he's like not literally evil you would hope so like he does have like some kind of conscience i guess and he feels sick and he like looks down his black hallway and it's like he's looking into the future and then they show modern day auschwitz where um it's a museum now And it's like, it's a museum for the horrors of stuff that happened there. You see, like, people cleaning the museum. You actually get to see the inside of Auschwitz now. Uh, But it's not like, you know, during the actual time period that was happening, because it'll be awful. Like, you know, you'll see the people suffering. Um, But now you're just seeing it as, like, an exhibit. And the things that are remembered are the people who were lost there, not the actual Nazis. So I guess like the character was seeing that he's not on the right side of history in a sense. But, um, I don't know if that's like the main purpose of the story, but I just feel like it's, it's explaining how like out of sight, out of mind will make you feel normal. Um, it's like right now, the whole freaking, uh, Gaza and Ukrainian war stuff. That's like overseas, obviously. And that's not like the only horrible thing that's happening. There's so many horrible things happening right at your front door. But if it's not happening to you, it's a you're normal. Even if you're um, partaking in the the uh, horrendous acts, if you're not seeing it, um, it's normal for you. Because obviously, the father is going into actual Auschwitz and seeing awful stuff happen, but his family uh they're at home having like a regular family life and another another interesting point is like you'll see the family get gifts, like a nice coat um some candies, some like shoes and stuff, and you realize like oh they're taking that from the Jewish people they're obviously stealing it when they process them and put them into the camp and like that's like another horrible thing it's like we don't really care about where we get our um resources and how it was made or manufactured, we just receive it like you know the oh this airplane sorry about that um you will see like like you know the common thing that people say is oh your iPhone was made by you know these poor people in China and they get paid like 10 cents to make the phones and stuff same thing with sneakers and clothing and that's why people are trying to you know make more things uh american-made well at least in america um but i I don't know that's that's what i'm getting from this movie i don't know if that's the main purpose you know uh it just i'll i'll be interested to see like what other people pull from this movie Uh, i'll start looking up um YouTube videos about this. Usually I don't like to watch YouTube videos about this stuff because if I'm going to share it, I don't want my opinion to be skewed in a sense. So I, I don't want to be parroting, you know, what you can already watch online. So you're just getting my raw opinion on that and I'll start looking into it now, you know, see if there's any like Easter eggs or any, uh, what's it called? A uh, documentary or notes from the director himself. Or themselves. Yeah, the director is uh, Jonathan Glazer. Oh, <laughs> I saw another movie from this person, Jonathan Glazer, called uh, *Under the Skin*. That was in two thousand thirteen. Um, that was a what's her name, Uh Scarlett Johansson movie. This very strange movie. I guess uh, this that's a running theme with this director. Just. Odd stuff that just happens, and there's no real like conclusion. Oh man, under this game is really trippy, too. I, I recommend that, it's so weird again. But don't watch that with you know, family or somebody you could get secondhand embarrassment from. You know, just <laughs> that one's not too family friendly. Zone of Interest is technically family friendly, but uh, it's a, it's a harsh subject. Um, it's a very interesting way to talk about that subject matter, which I think is what they're kind of talking about. Um, and it's very clever to do it the way how they did without, you know, showing the actual incidents in, in a sense. It's kind of like Oppenheimer where how they spend the whole movie talking about the atomic bomb and they actually drop it and you don't see Japan at all. You never see Japan in that movie. If I remember correctly, like you don't see the bomb drop, obviously, because it'll be, like, you know, distasteful to show that. Um, you don't need to see that to get the story going, you know, get the point across. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, I would recommend Zone of Interest. All right, so that's all the movies for January. Um. I already start, started watching some movies for February. Uh, I saw Argyle. And I've I think that's really it. Did I watch anything else other than Argyle? Um, as far as like movies I'm looking forward to, there's not, not really much in February. I know Dune 2 comes out like March 1st. So I, I think that, that technically is February, because I, I believe March 1st is a Friday. Yep, it is. Um, so technically, if you're gung-ho, uh, you could watch Dune 2 on February 29th. Usually, the, uh, movies release, like, two or three showings the night before. Not just a midnight release. You could watch it, like, as early as 6 o'clock sometimes. Um, oh yeah, so leap year this year. So, February is longer. Uh, as far as that, I'm not looking forward to watching Madam Web. <laughs> uh, but I'm definitely gonna watch it. Cause, I... It's just going to be terrible. I know I shouldn't watch it, but, you know, like, I got to watch everything, man. Um, also, weirdly enough, I am going to Japan uh, for like a weekend change <laughs> this month. So I might not have as many movies to watch. I'll try to watch as much as I can before and after. Uh, I'll probably have consumed Dune at at the time of the next recording, most likely. Um, I probably will just talk about doing, honestly, if, if I actually see it in February, I'll talk about doing, how about that? How about that? Uh, yeah. So January one month down 2024, it's a pretty strong start. I would say it's not too bad. Not great. Um, uh, based on what I watched in February, not that great either, but, uh, there are a lot of other movies coming out later this year. Movies that we haven't even seen a trailer for yet. Or that haven't been announced. Like that. uh, What's it called? Monkey Man, I think it is. Uh, By Dev Patel. uh, He directed it. And it's produced by Jordan Peele. And I, if I remember correctly, Jordan Peele is the one that actually pushed for it to be a theatrical release. And I'm glad he did do that. Because this movie looks great. um, Very action packed. The trailer looks amazing. Um, I forget when that's coming out. But, you know. I don't think it's this month. Uh, February. Um, Other than that, I can't think of anything else that I'm looking for for February specifically. That's just the trailer I saw. Uh, I guess I I should start talking about more trailers. um, As I see them, even if it's not pertaining to the specific month or the following month. But the problem with that is that usually when I go to the theaters, I account for the time it takes for the trailers to finish when, uh, a movie actually starts. So if I I usually don't get to see um, all the trailers and lately they've been saving like the last two trailers for the same movies, like it'll be like Dune or Argyle or Madam Web, regardless of what I'm watching at the time. So it's like, I feel like they show you like the weirder stuff towards the beginning of the trailer section. And then it just default to like, you know, the normal, um, the most popular stuff that you're probably gonna watch along with everybody else in the world. Um, but if I see anything else, I'll, I'll let you guys know, uh, we could discuss it a little bit, but again, yeah, I always recommend to not watch a trailer. Um, if you don't mind spending money on a dud, uh, or you could just, you know, wait and hear what other people are saying about it. Um, my only issue with that is that sometimes you'll miss something because maybe nobody watched it and you might've not seen a trailer. So you gotta, you know, make some effort, <laughs> but you know, not everybody's like adamant about watching movies. Not everybody watches movies by themselves either. Uh, I remember the first time watching a movie by myself, it felt really strange just like, cause you know, back in the day you had the, the ticket booth, actually have to go up and be like one for this and that's it. And there's like no assigned seating. So you got to like, you know, just sit in the corner by yourself. Now you could just like, you know, do it digitally. You just scan in. They don't need to know that you're not with anybody or whatever. But again, it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I know it's initially going to feel weird because you've probably been watching movies with your friends your whole life, but, um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And the, the more I've been going, the more I notice other people are by themselves watching movies. Um, you know, just don't be the weirdo who, like, comes in his pajamas, pants, and uh, has a bowl of cereal or something, which I've actually seen before. Uh, <laughs> have an actual movie etiquette. And then, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's almost like you, you'll appreciate the movie more sometimes, where you get to just, you know, be with your thoughts. But then, like, there's also the times where, like, a movie's so hype, you want to talk to somebody about it. So, yeah, usually I try to jump onto, like, a Discord call or something. And, uh, Discuss it, or even like sometimes a stranger will be like, Yo, that was pretty sick, right? But yeah, that was cool, man. But it's not like you know, I'm like, Hey, you want to get some dinner? And he would be like, All right, you're lonely, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I'm rambling, so that's it for now. Uh, thank you for listening. Is a this should be the normal amount of time I spend on an episode, not the two hour first episode. Um, so yeah, I uh, go out there catch them movies uh i hope you enjoyed i hope i could help you out and i look forward to more episodes all right so have a good day good morning good night